This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. Welcome back for another episode of Rockcast, where we take you behind the scenes and share exactly what we're working on here with the core team. I'm Emily Foreman. We have John Edmiston and Nick Erdo. The first thing we'd like to talk with you about is uh, how things are going with our core development. We have recently released um, version 8.5, and now we are on to working on new things. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so there's lots of updates when it comes to core. Um it seems like we're uh, back to our normal routine of obviously going down the roadmap, but also adding features that people have been wanting. So version 9 is going to have some really incredible new features when it comes to registrations. Um, things that we'd always wanted but hadn't planned on for version 9, and super excited about that. So um, a couple of those registration things to look for, uh, conditional uh, fields on registrant. Uh, so if you have a, a field on a registrant that's maybe like, uh, which, do you have a favorite color? And if you check that box, then a dropdown will appear below that to pick the color. Um, so you'll be able to do some really cool things uh, with that. And it's it's pretty pretty magical and it's very powerful. Like I would say, uh, you know, the feature kind of came from features like in Formstack, but ours is actually much more powerful than that. You can have the conditions go on multiple fields. Um uh, the conditions based on most multiple fields, um, so that's a really cool feature. There's also limits on fees, so if you have certain fees that can only have a certain number of people who take them, that is actually uh, a feature now. And uh, next week we'll be starting a quick feature, which would be adding. Well, I say quick, but it, you know it's going to take some amount of development time. But a feature to add um, attributes to the registration. So that's confusing. So today we have attributes. On registrants, so you have a set of attributes for each registrant. This one, one will be attributes on the registration, and you'll be able to put those um, attributes on the beginning of the registration or at the end of the registration. And so th- those would be helpful to gather things about maybe childcare or things that are you just need one collection of of attributes for the whole registration. So we're starting that. Um, next week and uh, lots of great new features on registrations. We're also officially now making good progress on volunteer scheduling, which feels good. So that's a that's a huge one um, for version 9 and we have the the block that's basically going to let you create the schedule almost done. So we hope to have most of that done um, this week. And then there's a, a couple other blocks to do some reporting and some signups and some uh, toolbox type stuff with that. So still a little ways to go on that, but making good, good progress. Um, and after that, the really the only other feature on the roadmap that we've promised that we still need to work on is um, the uh, digital uh, signatures. So we kind of have some thoughts on how that's supposed to work. There's some challenges with that and just being able to provide the... Th- all the functionality that we know that the community is going to want. So still some challenges ahead on that. But 
really excited about where version 9 is. I think we're making great progress. But on top of that, we're adding great new features too. And it's not slowing us down a whole terrible amount. So I'm really excited about version 9, mm-hmm. but I'm even more excited about getting started on version 10. <laughs> that will be nice. It's really cool to hear what those features are when you describe them in more detail because I can see how the things that we hear from the community about what their needs are are being embedded into the features that we're creating. And I think that's really cool. And and again, one of those unique things about Rock is that this community exists and and we love this community and we can we get to share that by listening and taking in their feedback and then incorporating that into our feature sets as we build them. And that's just a really dynamic process that isn't um, very common. Yeah, and I think even going through some of these projects, as we talk about, um, regist- like for instance, registration attributes, hearing their use cases and the and the challenges of some of these nuanced use cases is really interesting. And I think it's going to empower some even bigger future features in registration coming up that we're going to start probably um, sketching out in early January. So you'll hear more about that because we'll probably need some community help and funding on on some of that. But it's really going to make registrations really shine. I have to circle back for just a second to the comment you made right before this when you said, I'm really excited about um, V9, but I'm really excited about V10. And that's just so funny because it reminds me, John, of the senior pastor of the church where we used to work at CCV. And he was always... Uh, as soon as we would wrap up one big initiative, we would think that he'd be getting up at the next staff meeting to say, hey, great job. That was really great. And he would get up every time and have to be reminded to say something about this great initiative we just completed and then say, but here's where we're going. And I'm so excited that we're going to get there. I thought that was funny because you just reminded me of that. Yeah. And he often, honestly, I mean, being on the leadership team, he often took a lot of flack for that, for not wanting to celebrate when things are done. And I sometimes get flack for that too. And I understand it's like like why would you want to celebrate? It's already done. Like, like <laughs> we're already moving on. Like, I think that's just a piece of wiring within people. And um, you know, I think there, there's two sides of that, right? So there's the side that says, well, we need to celebrate, and that's true. But at the same time, those who say that have to understand the other facet of like some people are not wired to do that, and it's not a it's not a a, a, a problem. It's not an issue. It's not something wrong with the person. It's just that's not the way that you're wired. And we need all types on teams. But exactly. honestly, if you read much about high-performing teams and how to build them, never being satisfied is one of the top things they mention. Right. Exactly. So. I mean, I, it's nice to have things done, but I'm 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 excited about the next thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I am too. We get to hear about all the the fun features coming up and and the great things. Speaking of fun features and and great things for the community, we are right now um, at the recording of this podcast in the middle of an exciting time of year. Chips, 12 Days of Christmas. And John, you have been working really hard on that and and working with the team leading this uh, fun project up that's really delivering cool things for the community right now. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's really exciting. And and I'm going to have to have a little talk with Chip because this 12 (laughs) Days of Christmas might have been a little ambitious. 12 Days of Torture. Yeah, maybe Chip should have had one day of Christmas or one Christmas (laughs) present. But he really went all out this year. And uh, so we have 12 gifts that we're giving out to the community, um, ranging in sizes from super large, amazing, big things to some small things. Um, but yeah, it's just our way of just kind of giving back. Um, a lot of the things, a lot of the big things are things that we've been wanting to do for a while. And honestly, we just never had time. And honestly, right now we still don't have time. 
But, you know, when Chip said 12, we had to start coming up with these things and we threw them on the board thinking, how hard could that be? We'll just do that. And then you get to it and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so things like the new ideas um, feature, which is already really cool. Um, people can now submit their ideas publicly and see it and they can get voted on. And then we'll, we'll take a percentage of our development time on each release to, to do those that are the highest voted. Um, so the voting, each organization gets 20 votes every 30 days. So um, those who use their votes wisely will get the things they want. Um, <laughs> but it also brings parity that a small church and a large church get the same number of votes. So I, I love that too. Um, and if your organization has like 30 people attached to it, they all 30 people have to share those 20 votes. So that's kind of cool. We really put a lot of time into trying to make sure that we created a fair and balanced way of voting. Um, already I'd like to say you know, great job to... to to some of the community who've added their ideas. Some of them are putting an amazing amount of detail into them and putting screenshots and, and not, even tell, not more than telling how they tell why. And I just want to encourage you, if you're going to put an idea out there, do not put one or two sentences. I, I mean, go for it. Like This is your time to really explain why the feature is needed, show some screenshots. Um, those that do, I think, are going to get a lot more votes. You're going to do yourself a favor. But already there's some people just doing incredible, like, feature write-ups. And it's allowing a good dialogue um, uh, to happen down in the comments. So that was one idea. That's one, just one of the, the gifts. Um, there's, um, Don't give away any secrets. Right. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only thinking of the ones that we've already done. Um, you know, you can now get a chip blanket. Yes. Which is very soft, I have to tell you. They're it very, is. Very soft. It's past the approval test with my teenagers who love soft blankets. Yeah. Great. That's good to hear. Um there was a chip sticker, but that was a day only thing. So you could you could register and get a free um, chip Santa sticker. Oh, let's give some attribution on that. Yeah, so Kate Hall did that for us, and so that's pretty cool. Very cool. And you know there are a lot of chip stickers. It's hard to keep them straight, but maybe there's something coming that will help you with that too. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're not going to give that one out, but we'll. That's hint. interesting. Yeah, today is a big day because we're announcing that we're getting rid of Slack and moving to Rocket Chat, which if you squint your eyes just a little bit, you'll swear is Slack because it's pretty much a clone. Um, but it's something that we maintain. We have our own history now. so And we've been running that history for several months. So if you get in there, you'll notice there's quite a bit of history. And for people who really love Slack, there's a reason why we, we wanted to get away. From yeah, we Slack. love Slack too. It's just you know the, the, the velocity of the community is basically only keeping up for a few days in Slack, the history. So, and that's so important. Like, I am so continually frustrated that I had a conversation with somebody about something and it's not there in literally like a couple days. Right. Um, yeah. So, that will be a thing of the past. Yeah. That's exciting because I know now when I have conversations with people, I'm immediately thinking, how do I capture this? Where do I put it yeah. for future reference? And that's a little bit irritating. So, this will eliminate that. Yeah. And there's a lot more customization that we can do with Rocket Chat. So, we've customized it to, um, Basically, you don't need to know your password. It's using your Rock password to authenticate you on the desktop and web. Um, on mobile, you do need to know the special Rocket Chat password, and we show it to you in a little box, and you can copy and paste it in. Um, but it's going to make onboarding into the um, chat community much easier. You don't have to you don't have to create another profile. You basically hit that page. We see that you don't already have one in Rocket Chat. We automatically create one for you. It's just seamless. And for those casual community users, they don't even need to install software. They can just do it right online in an in a iframe experience right on our website, which looks very native. So I think the, the casual rock community person is going to love it because they can just jump in and, and contribute. 
but the power people aren't aren't giving up anything. Chip has been integrated into that. You know, he demanded that, of course. <laughs> he's not usually so demanding. He's not. And then when he says it, how do you say no to that face? <laughs> well, that's you know, it. he just gives you those puppy eyes, and you're like, okay, Chip, you can have it. Um, so he asked for a lot. Um, it's usually for good reasons, though. Yeah, he's a good he's a good little lobster. Um, so I think what else did what did he have this week? Sticker. Oh, the, the lava color filters, yes. which to some of you probably isn't very exciting, but I was very excited about that. And that came from a community member's suggestion that they were creating some stuff and they wanted to be able to dynamically create complementary colors for some of the stuff that he was doing. And and so we kind of looked into it and created um, 12 different uh, color filters that you can lighten colors, darken colors, change saturation, luminosity, mix two colors. So for you web devs, you'll love it. I think it's fun that you just said that that came from a suggestion from a community member. So do realize that Chip kind of channel stocks out there. <laughs> and, and a lot of the gifts that are coming for the 12 days of Christmas this year are inspired from from that stocking. Yeah, and there's a rumor that Chip doesn't sleep, that he just always is, you know, looking. That's not a rumor. I'm yeah. pretty certain of that. Well, and um, I'm not surprised. Some of the ones coming up next week are actually for, directly from the community also. So Good job, Chip. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about this end of year that we have going on. I know that it's really busy for our listeners <clears throat> and it's really busy for us as well, um, not just because of the 12 days of Christmas, which we're very excited about and the features that we're working on. There are a lot of big initiatives going on. And all of this is always possible because of the support and donations from our rock community. So, of course, our model, um, most of our community knows, is one that is supported directly by donations from the churches that are using rock. And at end of year, it's a time for us to evaluate what were the pledges that came in for this year and how are those um, reconciling? What do things look like? Um, because of course, we've been working off of those pl those promises for the year. And so I just wanted to give a quick pledge update. Um, and that is that right now, um, first of all, our pledge system we have discovered can be a little confusing to the community. So um, a lot of times a church might come online with Rock maybe three quarters of the way through the year and say, oh, uh, let's see, my pledge for the year is X dollar amount. And they're thinking in their head for 12 months, like from now. And we're thinking, what's our budget for 2018? Um, so that's a little confusing. And we find through end of year communication sometimes that churches will say, oh gosh, I'm sorry, I really meant that that's a, a 12 month cycle. I didn't mean that that would all fit into this year, which is totally fine. Mm -hmm. We realize that's confusing. We've been working on a plan to fix that, which I'll get into here in a minute. Um, but that does affect our pledges. So we do usually see our pledge balance uh, drop a little bit at the end of the year as we work out some of that confusion. We're kind of used to that. We anticipate that a little bit. Um, but we also run into an occasional situation with a church where someone who loved Rock came on board or was on their staff, made a big pledge, and then for whatever reason transitioned off of their staff. And no one else has the same heart for Rock. And you get to the end of the year, you start talking with whomever the new contact is there at that church, and they don't really care to meet their pledge. And so we have that happen, um, and this year's no exception. We've had one church recently actually had a pledge for about $20,000, and 
And once we could finally figure out who the new contact for Rock was there, uh, they were not interested in making a donation this year. So that's pretty common. It's not usually common at that level of pledge. Usually a church that pledges that amount has a different type of um, investment uh, in other ways beyond just a financial investment in the community, but that does happen. And that, you know, that really hurts the, mm-hmm. um, the momentum yeah. and the status of the whole team. So right now we're at about $34,000 of pledges that have been communicated back to us that will not be met this year. And we're still in the process of connecting with all of our um, pledge contacts uh, to the rate of there's an outstanding currently still about fifty thousand dollars outstanding where we either haven't connected um, or there you know it just hasn't come through yet. Uh, so altogether we're short by about eighty four thousand dollars that we'd been planning on this year. Um, a small percentage of that we assumed would be uh, something where there had been maybe some minor confusion on how our pledge system works. But for the most part, that's still a pretty big uh, number for our small team. It's a huge number. It's a, yeah. It is. And so um, if you've received a communication from us uh, about where your pledge status is, and it's a little bit short, please let us know. You might be thinking, oh, that check is in the mail and it'll get there next week. If you don't mind dropping us a line and just letting us know, um, this is one thing that we're having to clear other important things off of our plates to address, just to make sure that we can fully support the team that we have here and and the plans that we've already been working on based off of those pledge numbers. So that's kind of an unfortunate situation. And if you have any ability to, uh, one, if you have any extra budget money at the end of the year that hasn't been allocated and that you're going to lose, um, would you please consider a donation to Spark to help offset some of this? And two, if you have an outstanding pledge balance, would you please just give us a call or an email and let us know what your plans are for fulfilling that for the end of the year. That would be um, really huge. That would help us focus on the things we should be focusing on and and meet the needs of our team. So um, we we do ask if you have the ability to do either of those things that you, that you please help out and do your part in that. Additionally, because we know this pledge system has been confusing and we've heard that for the past two years, we've been working on a new feature to help make that something that's uh, more accessible and easier to use. Um, So we are rolling out for 2019 instead of pledges that are based on an annual concept. And we come back to you every year and ask you to tell us your pledge for the next year. And you think, gosh, nothing's changing. This is confusing. We're going to work off a system called commitments. And that is when you come online, you make your um, commitment to support, you are telling us how much you plan to donate and when you plan to start. We can do all the math from there. That helps out a lot. And you can change it uh, whenever you need to change it. We'll assume it's status quo every year unless you make changes to it. So it should be much, much easier. It's also something you can access pretty easily. So if you're logged in at, on the Rock site, you can either go to your profile and click on your organization to see it at any time that you want. Or you can go online to our website at rockrms.com commitments and you can see that there as well. You'll just want to log in to be able to see and have those options there if you are um, the correct contact for that at, at an administrative login level for your organization. So hopefully that's very helpful. Um, and then today, actually, at the recording time, we will be sending out an email to let you know uh, that the commitments feature is ready for your information for next year. And if you had a pledge in with us uh, for 2018, we will automatically uh, 
put that into the commitment so it's pretty easy, seamless process if nothing's changed. If it has, you can see it there. One other cool aspect of this feature is that we've built in a little slider that tells you whether or not you are at that $1.50 per attendee um, per year, which is our recommended minimum donation to support the team here. And uh, so it'll tell you quickly that, and you can adjust um, to the correct levels on that. It also lets you know that for future um, uh, rollouts of major versions, that that $1.50 minimum per attendee per year is going to be required for early access, which gives you the three-month early access to new major releases. So you can see right there um, on your commitments page whether or not you will have uh, access uh, to the next major release, which will be V9 at this point. Yeah, I think that new commitment feature is going to be nice. It's like you said, very simple, and hopefully kind of gets us more accurate um, right. idea of where we're going. And take some of those barriers to, to working with it away. It, right. You can see it. It's easy to adjust. It makes a lot of sense. So I appreciate the feedback from churches that have let us know, oh, we intended to communicate this. I'm sorry if it came across a different way. Mm-hmm. We totally get that. Yeah. And thanks for giving us that feedback because that's how we have been able to, to make this new feature. Definitely. Well, we have a lot of initiatives going on right now that are again pretty community driven, and um, so it's let's let's talk a little bit about one that oh our community has been asking for for a year more I don't know a very long time, and that's regarding a Rock Mobile app. Uh, it looks like we're going to be kicking off some pretty big things right at the beginning of 2019. So, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we're really excited to be working with the, the folks from Southeast um, to get a, a community supportable version of Avalanche that's you know closely tied and linked into Rock. Um, so we're going to be kicking that that project off. Um, I think in about mid to late um, January is our first meeting. They're flying out. We're going to get in a room and just figure out you know what needs to be done to get this fully in core to get this. Um, under a, a Spark an umbrella. And I think that's going to really help build a platform for everybody else to just you know start building their apps off of um, to you know make it really easy and supportable to do that um, and to extend it, you know, just like Rock is, you know, so that it becomes just like Rock. Um, so we're really excited about that. We have a, a new developer starting next week who will be helping us on our side of that development piece and so excited about getting him engaged. And, you know, we just know that there's a huge buzz and a huge amount of um, interest in this. And and it's nice to finally have it in a project that, you know, yes. gets attention. Yes. It, you know, our, our intention has always been to start working on this, you know, tomorrow. But sometimes your intentions need a little, you know, attention. attention. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think by putting a project around this, and you know, Southeast is going to be a huge partner in that and in helping um, push this forward. That's really exciting news. And um, I think it's one the community's been interested in. And like you said, we have been too. It's just hard to focus on something when you don't have the bandwidth for it. And so I think that we've got that cleared now and it's an approved project. It's on the schedule and we're going to see that come to fruition in 2019, which is exciting. Right. I mean, I think it's just hard to think of all of the things that initiatives that we have, the word initiative is like, it's what seems like a, a, a straight line from point A to point B to us. To, I mean, to the outside is, is a straight line. To us, it's a crazy all over the place. I mean, we talked about that commitment feature. 
Oh you my. look at it and you're just like, well, duh, that's what it should do. But just how do you communicate that? How what how do you track it? What's a variable on that screen? What's what what adjusts? Is it the amount or the dollar or dollar per, per average weekend attender? It just takes so much effort. And then to code it. And then the right. you know, get it out on the page with the right communication. And then mm-hmm. how do you link it if multiple people have if a person has multiple uh, organizations, it's just so hard. And in each of these, even even twelve days of Christmas projects, are hard. I mean, even the easiest one. I mean, the blankets. We're having to look and source and get samples, and um, it's not like you just go to the internet and pick the first thing you Google. I mean, we were on the probably the tenth or twentieth page going to the industrial blanket maker to get the right pricing, the right. And get samples in and look at some and go, oh, this is not going to work. We can't put this quality out there. To wash the samples and make sure that they, <laughs> you know, there's this, it looks like an easy straight line that, oh, that's great. But behind the scenes, and and the, really the 12 days, all that stuff was done after hours. I mean, for right. the most right. part. That's what I was just about to say. Least you worry and fear, it didn't impact any developers uh, during their work day, especially right. the blankets. Right. But uh, the other thing I want to say is that we use the word project for all those things. It yeah. doesn't mean they were officially projects. Right. It, it was, means that they just kind of fit into the cracks. And so, night and weekends mainly. Right. For 12 days. And mostly John. Well, I mean, there's, yeah, there's, but. Yes. So, you know, I think sometimes you're like, well, why, why, why hasn't more attention been put on the Avalanche? And it's just been a, a crazy year. I mean, we're going to talk about it in another podcast about all the, the cool things that yes. have been going on this year. And, and, there's a lot of stuff that we're preparing for next year that are going to be amazing too. So, um, but I think it's not fair to something like Avalanche to fit it into the cracks. Correct. And so we have been intentionally not fitting it into the cracks for the last probably 12 to 15 months, looking at it and saying, yes, it needs full attention. It needs a project. But if you fit something like that into the cracks, you cannot um, you cannot deliver the quality and the uh, the pre-thinking that's necessary for the right architecture for something like that. So we've been intentionally waiting until we could wrap a project around it so that we could do it right. Um, so that is the difference between what's the initiative that is Avalanche and some of the other things that we've been working on. Yeah, well that's said. A, that's a good lead-in to the next topic. <laughs> yes, that is. Good point, Nick. The next topic is hosting, which is another, I mean, honestly, we've been talking about those two things at the same time for a very long time. And it's also something that you can't fit into the cracks. We've tried on that one. Um, And it's a very, very big, very complicated project. I know as far as it touches me, all that I'm really involved with on that one is just trying to figure out sales tax. And that one tiny, tiny piece of that project is ridiculously complicated to the point that we have to have ongoing meetings with... um, other organizations that do this with accountants with, I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. And that's a tiny, tiny portion of what's involved. Right. And there's, there's a really a lot of talk right now in the, in the, in our country about how hard it is to start a small business and all the regulation and all the, and then it's so true. I mean, you, you can't cough without having to fill out a form, but the oh, state. Oh, wait, could I, could I get you a form for no, that? No, I haven't coughed yet though. Oh. <laughs> I've been stifling it for like three days. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, and and I think the sales tax too is is another one. Is this if you look at how ridiculously hard it is to to do what's right, and we want it, we are going to do what's right. It's just if you could see the spreadsheet that I received this week that breaks down tax codes and um and percentages for all the municipalities that have to be involved from states to cities to counties. 
Um, and then some that opt in and some that opt out and some that have a threshold involved. And then the lawsuits that have triggered some to change their regulations and then the other states that follow suit. I mean, it is... I don't even have an adjective. <laughs> right. And of course, there are services that help simplify it, but those services are complex in terms right. of APIs and reporting. I mean, so we, we, we're doing all the due diligence. It's not. Of course. And, and that's just one of them, right? Because then we have right. to decide well, you know, part of the hosting will be the hosting charge, but we also want to bake in the donation part two. But that, those may have to go to two separate entities. Um, entities, like the nonprofit part of what we do and the for profit that's owned by the nonprofit. So that means two different financial gateways. I mean, you're starting to see the, the code that has to be written to make that experience simple, and 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 that's just one facet of it, right? That's just the provisioning and tax payment. Right. We have to worry about the you know the architecture of the hardware, the SQL Server licensing, SSL support. How do we maximize so that person who goes on Rock Cloud feels like it's on their own server and has all the power of that and and we're trying to over provision those environments so that there's a lot, you know, that speed will, will be great. And um, we don't want to under provision and have these like really slow, you know, rock instances. So, I mean, lots of progress has been made, but right. as, we, uh, over, as we move every rock, <laughs> you're like, oh, that's under that rock too. We have to figure that out too. So. Right. I mean, the, the sign up experience, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, how does code. it function? And, and things like, okay, so now we have churches on this service. What happens if uh, they're, they need to contact someone? And what happens if that's on a weekend? And what kind of, if a church is um, the type of church that wants to use our hosting service, what else do they need to be successful on Rock? Do they need to see Rock in a different way? Do they need to have different options? I mean, these are, it's just a complicated project. Right. So. But it is a project now. It is. And it's, <clears throat> progress is being made every week. But new challenges are discovered every week, too. Right. And we've been um, verbalizing that we're working on this for a little bit longer. So I think it's a good idea to just kind of share some of the actual complexity that's behind it. It's not that it's getting a lack of attention. It's really, just as John said, every time we turn over a rock or we figure out how to remove an obstacle, it, it's like there are 10 more behind it. So we'll get there. But it's going to be uh, a, it's, you know, it's going to be a long time to dig out and figure figure it out. Yeah, and I think the thing that slows us down, which sounds like, well, of course you, you have to do this, is is the integrity of it. Like, we could have uh, just blazed through and used the se- the web edition of SQL Server and not worried about taxes. Yeah, yikes. I mean, I mean but that's just not an option. No. We, we're we're going through every single thing and making sure that it everything is just lined up right. You can bet there are plenty of organizations that do cut all those corners. True, but we we're just not going to do that. Right. Right. So, um, John, you mentioned that we have a new senior developer starting uh, next Monday from the recording of this podcast. We're mm-hmm. really excited about that. We've kind of shared a little bit about some of our recruiting efforts and and some of how those efforts have been for us and some for the community. And we've been trying to move all of that forward for quite a while. And it seems like God's really bringing us a, a wealth of candidates that have a heart for the mission um, and that have great skill set and that would be a good fit with our team. And that's really exciting because it's something that uh, feels like a big breakthrough after months of, of trying to find people. So we are working on um, what that looks like and, and really trying to plan 
So in a previous podcast, I talked about kind of blitz scaling and what that looks like and how the community is just scaling so much faster than our organization can because we intentionally set it up as a nonprofit. So we'll never be able to blitz scale, which is good mm-hmm. because blitz scaling requires um, that you abandon um, efficiency and craftsmanship in order to reach a scale. And we don't want to do that. It's mm-hmm. great if the community does that. We don't want to do that with the actual product um, or the way we steward that community. So we don't want to blitz scale, but we do have to keep up with the community that is. And so that means that we need to, to continue building our team. Um, and so we are we're going to function as a basically like kind of startup forever, probably, in order to do that. And that's good and that's okay. But we do have to then figure out what should, for instance, our org chart look like and how does that work? And um, and it seems like we've been reinventing that every... Yeah, I know how it works. It changes every month. <laughs> exactly. It almost does. But as we're as we're finding good candidates, we're we're constantly reevaluating our is our work our internal workflow going the way it should? How should we add this? Where do we need to add a little more maturity than the typical um, startup? Where is it time to to add some of those things? Not so that we lean our organization toward um, uh, like the big, slow, heavy plotting kind of organization, mm-hmm. but the, so that we can add a few things um, related to maybe. Uh, as an, a larger organization has to communicate differently. And so how do we make sure that things aren't all going through the same person or all getting stuck in the same place? So some of the hires that we're um, making soon are related to um, quality and project management and some things that we haven't had in a an individual person before. Mm-hmm. We're really excited about the way that's going to open up our team to be able to expand capacity yeah, 2019 is going to be an awesome year. I think we're going to, like you said, change some of our internal processes and be able to scale the team. Um, and I think when we talk about the recruiting, everything you said is an exact example of how of what looks like a straight line. But <laughs> right. behind the scenes, it's been probably eight months that you've been really investing in recruiting. And I mean, the level of of the process of how we recruit is, is 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 amazing that you've put together with the questions that we're asking, the assessments that we have, the the tests that we've you know we give out to people. The projects, I guess, is a better term for that to, to do, so we can evaluate that. I think when we see the net results that are going to come in, it's because of all of that. That's the harvest, right? But we've been planting and watering, right, and, we have. And, and pruning and weeding. A lot and, of hard knock lessons along the way. Right. You try something and it, it just doesn't work at all. So then you have to figure out a better way. And eventually, it's a you know you can get a pretty refined process out of that. But there have been uh, a lot of skinned knees and stubbed toes along the way for sure. Yeah, but I think if you look at the caliber of the people that are about to come and join the team, they're like top caliber and yes. amazing. Like it's like what that really. That we, we get to work with these people. Right. So. And so in that recruiting process, which obviously is situated inside an HR type of function, um, we've been thinking like, okay, so what should, as we grow, what should HR look like in our organization? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not here to be a human resources team. We're not here to outsource that kind of capability or functionality to, um, to other organizations to help them. So do we have to have it? Yes, we have to meet regulations. Even more importantly, I think, for our organization is that HR needs to be something that provides stability 
and a great working environment for the people who are here. So should our focus be on more forms, more paperwork, more regulation, slower, deeper, larger, or should it be on something where we're investing in helping people grow individually and as a team? Um, And I think that's really what HR is going to look like for us here. Right. Because, I mean, I worked many, many, many years at Honeywell and American Express. And I mean, those to your blitz scaling analogy, those are police states like they're right. and they're not like a not the regular police state. They're a complete police state. We don't want to build. No, that. we're not looking to give out traffic citations to people for minor infractions. We're, what we're really looking to do is say, hey, don't worry about your family's taken care of. You just come in and focus on what's going on. And guess what? By this time next year, we'll have invested in you personally um, in our organization to the point where you realize you've had a lot of internal growth and you, your family, and our organization will all have received benefit from that. And it'll be a great uh, team sport of what we have going on here. So that's different. And even project management can be taken too far and become a police state. And we want to have more of a Marine Army you know, project management and we, and, and picking the person to do that, we're looking for, we've picked the person who's not going to, you know, who's going to take us to the next level without slowing down on, on what we do. That's almost an art form now because it's so easy to follow, like you said, that straight line path that's already been laid out. As you grow, as you mature, you should take these steps toward being more complex, toward being slower, toward adding more people to get the same job done. And that's not what we want to do. And as we're reinventing this whole model of how Spark works and and how Rock works, we want to also reinvent how can you grow in maturity without like growing long in the tooth? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't want to function like a an old, slow organization ever in those areas. Yeah. That'll make me vomit. We don't want that. Yeah, I don't either want it either. But the but yet the person that we're hiring, I mean, has experience that is like amazing. I mean, certifications and and right. I mean, black belt in um, Six Sigma. I mean, that is a serious certification uh, with serious experience with that. Yet can come in and, and help us be agile and move fast. That's. It's going to be amazing 2019. It will be. And you mentioned that police state concept, John, but if someone didn't listen to the previous podcast, kind of the uh, just a really quick outline of how um, it works according to this split scaling book is that startup organizations function a lot like the Marines and they have one goal and that's take the beach. And so, you know, you, you don't draw out a lot of plays for it. You don't have a lot of, you have rank and structure and you, you know how to work together really well, but you have chaos, you have smoke and blood and you have to pick a different route because this one didn't work. And then you have to pick another route and then someone else might be in charge of something and you have to be flexible. You have to be, um, um, hardworking generalists to really get things done in that capacity. And then, Kind of as you grow past that, once you've taken the beach, you bring in the army and the army can go inland a bit and can set up uh, communication centers, supply routes, all of those kind of things that help um, have recurring function rather than just the, the initiatives. And those are good things. And they can, and the Marines and the army work really well together and they, they both do really good things. But you can take that army state too far to the point that you get into a police state, which is where you're getting into all the nitpicky regulations and minutia that you, you end up having departments to do things that one person used to do. And we're not going to go there. Right. And that, we you know, we mentioned uh, the project manager, but that's, I mean, there's, 
many more different roles coming in in January. Right. So right, we're still working all of that out. Oh, one more of those things that we have to have a lot of strategy communications about as candidates come in with different um, types of capacity and in different ways. And and you know, we really see God delivering people that would be a perfect fit here. How do we structure this? So how does that change our processes? How does that change our communication structure? And it's uh, it takes a lot of attention, but it's going to be so good for us in the next year. Yep, looking forward to it. Yes. And the one thing that does make me want to remind everybody of, let's circle back to topic number three. Um, we rely on your commitments and pledges to know that we can afford this. Um, so we we operate very conservatively here, and we always will, but we do rely on the word of the organizations that support us, and we are very thankful for that. We have a lot of great supporters, but please do try and keep that accurate, and uh, and do try to get to that minimum donation. If you're using Rock and, and receiving value from that, remember, that comes because of the support of organizations that are using Rock. So if you're running your church on Rock. You want to make sure Rock is stable. You need to be supporting the organization as well. It's a really great environment. It's a great ecosystem where we support each other equally. So on that note, a big thanks to our community for supporting us in 2018. And we're looking forward to really taking some beaches with you in 2019. Today's show was produced by Emily Foreman. Nick was our recording engineer who turned the dials and pushed the buttons. Jim Michael handled all the audio post-production mixing. In our amazing show notes, which you can find at rockrms.com slash connect, were transcribed and written up by Michael Garrison. This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock Partner Missional Marketing, an SEO and advertising services provider. Connect with Missional Marketing today at rockrms.com slash partners.